The following podcast has been paid for by Perch on the Top Rope. Please welcome the chairman of WWE, Vince McMahon! On behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer Lee Walker. I am joined by Smacked Raw's The Rewind, Kyle. And I'm joined by Perched Gaming, Alex Todd. Kyle and Alex, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm also doing just peachy. I'm doing as good as I can. It's WrestleMania week, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here to talk about everything WrestleMania. We're going to do some WrestleMania predictions right now. Let's start with night one, which is April 2nd, this Saturday. Seemingly the opening match is going to be the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Alex, who do you got? Um... So, had this been a year ago, I would have said Bianca Belair because she was, you know, at the top of her game. Not to say that she's not now, but I think Bianca winning this match, um, there's not a whole lot to really drive off of storyline-wise after that, except her just being the babyface champion. Whereas with Becky, you've got this gimmick going now that she, for every consecutive day that she has been an active competitor since WrestleMania 35, she has held a title. And I think you got to bring in something big or you got to have a big return planned in order for that reign to end. And I don't unfortunately see it being uh, Bianca Belair at this time. My prediction in that sense is that it will eventually be Bailey that returns, crosses over to Monday Night Raw and takes the title from Becky. So in order for that to happen at WrestleMania, Becky Lynch retains the Raw Women's Championship. Okay. Kyle, how about you? Ah, uh, man. Um, this ain't as bad as like Triple H versus like Booker T at Mania. But I feel like it'd be pretty bad if Becky won here. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this one, you know, like if Bianca has to win, like, because otherwise, like, you know, you're forever, you're forever that chick that got squashed in under a minute. And uh, and and at that point, you're you're throttled back to never rising to the uh, um, four horsewomen level of competition, which WWE is not going to want to do. Like that's going to be that's going to be terrible. I would think that uh, Bianca would win here, like hands down. Mm-hmm. If not, if not, I think they're going to lean in the opposite direction, but go so hard and cut off her braid to get as much heat as possible. I think that would be a dickhead thing to do. Um, but I could see him doing it. But my overall pick, my, my pick is Bianca Swinton. I'm sorry, Alex. I am disagreeing with the perched gaming. I, too, am going to say Bianca Belair. I think this is going to be a redemption match for what happened last year and really let her have her time to shine in the ring. I do like your theory, Alex, that there should, you know, a surprise to come. 
we do know that they've been holding off on Bailey. She is ready to return. I say Bianca wins, and the first challenger is Bailey for the for the Raw Women's Championship after that. So say I am wrong, and that does end up happening. Storyline-wise, that does make sense, because Bailey was training for a match with Bianca Belair while she was SmackDown Women's Champion when she injured herself. So either way, you really could tie Bailey's return into either outcome of this yeah. match. But, you know, it's all right. It's all right to be wrong sometimes. I get that, and, you know, you guys will both just be that when Bianca loses. Wow. Okay. Okay. I see. I see you. I see you. Fair enough. Our next match is a tag team match as we got father and son. Maybe father and son. We never, I'm not really sure of the DNA test was fairly accurate. Legally father and son. Yes. Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio taking on the Miz and Logan Paul. This is going to be our first celebrity interaction with a match. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think wins this? Oh, man. This is going to be fun. This will be fun. Uh, the WWE knows that the crowd loathes Logan Paul. And they're going to have fun teasing him being the bad guy and then giving us the pop when he ultimately gets beat down. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the Mysterio's got it. I think I think WWE, uh, you know, is going to want their crowd to be happy, and we saw that they've already pivoted. They they brought Logan Paul on originally as a babyface, and they were like, "Why is everybody booing? This guy's got so many YouTube followers." And they were like, "Oh yeah, that one time when he filmed a, a guy commit suicide in the in the forest in Japan." They were like, "Yeah, people fucking hate this guy. Let's go ahead and do that this time." Where. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually let him eat a 619. Because that's the big story here is Logan Paul eating a 619. Uh, so, yeah, the Mysterios, they beat up that that Suicide Force guy. All right, Alex, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with the same outcome of the match. This one's pretty obvious. The Miz and Logan Paul don't win here. I don't think I so much care about the match because this, as far as an actual wrestling match, this is probably my least anticipated match on this entire card. No disrespect intended to the Miz, Rey Mysterio, or Dominic Mysterio. All the disrespect intended to Logan Paul. I think he's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in seeing if he knows how to wrestle. I am interested in seeing him take a double six one nine after the match is over, or hell, even if him and Miz end up turning on each other, take a scroll a skull crushing finale. I don't care as long as someone beats the hell out of him at the end of the match. I'm happy. Hey, listen, we've seen the 619 kill a man before. It could happen again. Just saying. Whoa. Jesus Christ, man. Whoa. And it wasn't the 619. It was the drop kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the setup for the 619. Get it right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't even feel good about this now. <laughs> you guys are making me question the shows I appear on. <laughs> oh, God. No. Um, I am interested to see if Logan Paul can wrestle. We do know that he has boxing ability. But then again, when you're staging your boxing matches too, it just makes sense that you come over to WWE. So there I'm going to go, go with the Mysterios. I'm going the Mysterios all day long. We agree. Cool. Logan Paul, you suck. Logan Paul sucks, yeah. Suck a fat one, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Our next match, and this is interesting because on episode 77, the WrestleMania Raw recap, I correct. 
Michael Cole for stating the fact that since this man, since winning the lottery, is undefeated, Happy Corbin, that's a lie because he actually lost on Monday Night Raw. Though he wasn't the one pinned, he still took an L. So, Michael yes. Cole, you were wrong. Drew wrong. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Madcap Moss will be alongside him. Alex, who do you got? Well, I don't really think that Drew McIntyre losing to Happy Corbin at WrestleMania is the right move. I don't think it's the smart move. And let's face it, as talented as he is, Baron Corbin has always just kind of been fodder to lose in high-profile matches with the exception of randomly retiring Kurt Angle. Um, so, no, I don't see Happy Corbin winning, which is sad because I wish he was in a more important feud as well going into Mania, one that we know he's not going to lose. Uh, Drew McIntyre walks away with the W here. Okay. So one th- the other thing that they've they've really pushed when it comes to Happy Corbin is the fact that no one has ever kicked out of his finishing move when he's gone for the pin. I say that changes on Saturday, April 2nd, at night one WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre picks up the victory. Kyle, who do you got? This one, you know, as weird as it is obvious, it it originally sounds in my head like I, I do have a hard time picking. I think um I think it's gonna be uh McIntyre though. They've been teasing this dissension uh between Corbin and Madcap Moss. And this might be the uh, the uh, the apex of all of that. This is where it might culminate. Like uh, uh, Moss accidentally costs Corbin the uh, the win, and then that, and then their whole like feud lets McIntyre kind of do his whole thing and just fucking end this rivalry. What is it with Corbin, by the way? Getting in rivalries that never fucking end. Um, everything that man does seems to take a year and a half before they move on to something else. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with McIntyre. Listen, Happy Corbin is actually getting a new uh, change in themes. It's going to be, this is the song that never ends. <laughs> yes, his feuds go on and on, my friends. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't get it because I don't know why they need to keep sticking with a gimmick. Let him be Baron Corbin. He did fine at it before. They didn't start, get, the fans didn't start not giving a shit about him until... They started, like, just pushing these gimmicks on him. Let him go back to the lone wolf character he had before. Like, honestly, that was pretty over. Just let him do that. You know, I'm I'm glad that, one, you brought that up, and then I'm also glad that Kyle brought up that they've been seemingly teasing the end of Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, but who will be the face and who will be the heel in that feud? Oh, I mean, Corbin's got to stay the heel. That's his thing at this point. Madcap Moss probably has more babyface potential anyway. I disagree. Ooh. The way that they're playing it, you normally play where the way that they're playing it is Corbin's the one upset with Moss's like joke telling. Like yeah. Corbin's taking everything seriously. Normally, when you have the lackey uh, turn face, there ha- he's having some like conflict of um, of 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 his morality um, or questioning the action he's doing. It's it's actually Corbin. Madcap Moss has been staying the same track the whole way through since they brought him in as this character. Corbin's the one now that's pivoting. Um, but I mean, how classic storytelling would go, it would be the lackey. Um, 
that would turn normally. But yeah, I just just the what we've been getting on television makes me believe it'll actually be Corbin that they'll try to portray his face. Um, if that does happen, maybe that'll actually be the push he needs to actually move up the the ladder a little bit. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think Corbin might be like a a, a passion project of Vince? Like Absolutely. everything Corbin does feels like to me, it's like Vince's fingerprints are everywhere mm-hmm. on that on that dude. Without, yeah. with the exception of like the world championship, because normally he'd be world champ at some point. Yeah, I think so. Especially like when you can really seemingly, even though they're both heels, you can. Some might say it's a reach. But there's similarities between Happy Corbin and Austin Theory a little bit. And we know that Vince heavily has his hands on Austin Theory right now. Behind the scenes, I think, yeah, he's got his hands on Happy Corbin too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd say he has since the moment he debuted. He immediately won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and he got involved in feuds left and right. He's almost always had a spot on the WrestleMania card, even if his feuds haven't been super spectacular. Um, I it, he's he's one of Vince's favorites. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Remember that that whole like uh 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 thing that came out back in the day that that Vince thought Corbin was like the sexiest man on SmackDown or something like that. It was just like a weird mm-hmm. article that came out, and it sounded just like a Vince thing to say too. Just like yeah, uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I think I think Vince I think Vince writes like heavily for Corbin. It, well, at least that's that's. My theory, yeah. I know nothing about the business, but it wouldn't. That's shock how it comes me. across on TV for yeah, sure. It wouldn't shock me if that's like just one of Vince's stories. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it, man. Like just the, the silly, the absurdness, and then the, um, the, the lack of like self awareness that is Corbin's character. Stuff like with the dog food. Um, you know, like any any writer that's worth like any sense of, of, uh, of talent, like has any sense of talent that whole redemptive arc where Corbin became sad Corbin and beat up Corbin that like people were catching on to that. It would only be like a Vince style writer that is just like, Oh yeah, you, uh, you won the lottery or you won, you had a good night at Vegas and now you laugh at everything. Be like, it's, it's, that's like the simple level of, of Vince McMahon storytelling. Um, I'm so upset because bumass Baron Corbin was my favorite version of Baron Corbin. So good, he was. It was so, so good, good. and it yes. didn't, and it lasted the least amount of time. But it was easily the most entertaining, and part of that had to do with the nicknaming from Pat McAfee. But bumass Baron Corbin, <laughs> dude, that was the that was the best character he had because he made it he made it so entertaining. Yeah, totally. Ah, I digress. <laughs> Our next match is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We have the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defending their SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Uh, my ears are bleeding, actually. Yeah, so are ours. And Rick Bogues. Alex, who do you got? I think as I much right. as. Rick Boogs, yeah. Um, as much as I would love to see Shinsuke and Rick Boogs win, because the introduction for Shinsuke Nakamura is just so top-notch, um, I gotta go with the Uso. They're, those, they're the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions in history at this point. 
I think that if you want to establish the bloodline as an all-time great stable, you've got to have a dominant WrestleMania victory. The Usos have never really had a dominant WrestleMania victory on the main card. I believe the only match that they actually had um, as a tag team match was on the pre-show against the Dudleys. They were supposed to compete not last year, but the year before in that triple threat TLC or ladder match or whatever it was at WrestleMania 36 during COVID. But uh, one of the Usos got injured, and that turned into one person from each team. So they never really got to do that either. They've never gotten that big match on the WrestleMania card that they've actually won. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Usos win here as well. Yeah, this is uh, seemingly like their WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, I like Shinsuke and Rick. It's a unique tag team just because Rick comes out and does the you know, the theme and everything like that. I was a huge fan of Shinsuke's original theme. And then his second theme with the rap even grew on me. But I got to agree, Alex, the bloodline, to, to be the faction that they are and to be as dominant as they are, I think they win. Kyle, who do you got? I'm doing my research as we speak. That's why I'm looking like so far off camera. Oh, okay. Believe it or not, the Usos apparently, uh, according to give me sport.com, this first article that came up, I was trying to figure out like Usos record. They've been on uh, five of the last six WrestleMania cards. Guess how many pre-shows they were on? All of them. (laughs) All five. Yep. All five. Uh, I love that, Alex. Thank you for uh, thank you for introducing that to me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out off the top of my head how many they won. Um, uh, I, I okay, I don't care anymore. This is getting too deep. But um, anyways, <laughs> uh, with that being said, I don't know, man, because like I feel like the Usos might set up how the main event goes. Um, I really think they might be an indicator how how Roman and Brock plays out because I couldn't imagine. I kind of think. Fuck, man. If the Usos lose, that kind of leads me to believe that Brock would win. Um, but no, with that being said, I actually don't think Brock's going to win. So I guess I think the Usos will win. In this weird way, my brain is trying to figure all this shit out. Uh, yeah, I think the Usos will get that win. I, Alex is completely right. Took a long fucking time just to say I agree with Alex. Uh, Alex yeah, it's is- usually how it goes with people when it comes to agreeing with me. <laughs> Alex, is, Alex is one of my two encyclopedias that are on the show now, so... I'm happy with that. I'm glad that Alex knows his stuff. Bama, if you're listening, I got a show contestant for you. And his name's Alex Todd. Our next match is a tag team match. As we have the New Day, recently returned Xavier Woods with Kofi Kingston taking on Sheamus. And Holland 316 says, I just broke your neck. Rich Holland (laughs) with Butch. Alex, you side first. Who do you got? I think you need to get off the show. <laughs> um, this is, I feel like, a failure match, unfortunately. It's just kind of how the way it worked this year. Sometimes, you know, bigger superstars end up in filler matches. It's how it goes. Everybody can't be in a championship match at WrestleMania. So I don't. I don't think... Storyline-wise, there's any huge implications with who wins or loses this match 
unless we're talking about the winners going on to become number one contenders to the SmackDown Tag Team titles. With that being said, the New Day just feuded with the Usos not too long ago for a short amount of time. I believe it was before Woods even got injured. Um, There was a couple SmackDown Tag Team title matches. I don't think we need to go back to the Usos New Day just yet. It's been done multiple times. Let's throw a let's throw a stick in the wedge. Um, let's go with Sheamus and Reg Holland. Okay. How about you, Kyle? Um, I feel like this. Oh my God, that article I read was from 2018. Jesus Christ. Um, man, I don't know. This was definitely supposed to be the three on three match. This was supposed to be the yes. return of the New Day. Mm-hmm. Versus uh, the Butch Club. And, oh, man. Yeah, at this point, like, uh, it's like zero heat. (laughs) There's zero heat on this. And you would think that WWE would be able to do something with Big E's injury to make it more impactful. But, yeah, Alex is right. It is kind of a filler match. Um, And this, I think, will also be the debut of of, uh, Butch. Um, So, for that reason, I'm going to give Butch needs the win. Go Butch. I love the name Butch. I say because of Butch, yeah, it brings the victory to Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Moving on, we have match number six, and we're going to have fun with this one, guys, because it is Seth freaking Rollins versus TBA to be announced as Vince McMahon has handpicked Seth Rollins' opponent that we saw on Monday Night Raw. You can hear all about that on episode 77, WrestleMania Raw Recap. I'm going to go down now. Here's the thing. We know that Cody Rhodes is in Dallas. WrestleVotes actually tweeted out that he has been spotted at his hotel. We the also- WrestleMania hotel, to be specific. Thank you. We also know that Shane McMahon is also in Dallas. But I'm going to list off some names, and you guys are going to play. Does Seth win, or does the other guy win? I got a bunch of names. I'm just going to list them off. I'm going to go Alex, then Kyle. Name number one, David Arquette, former WCW world champion. Who wins, Seth Rollins or David Arquette? Alex? I, that, Seth Rollins. Kyle? Uh, uh, just, just as a spoiler, there is zero names that you could throw out that I believe will beat Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins, every guess. Okay. Try to throw a name out there that I think the other guy will win, but it's Seth every time. Bray Wyatt, the fiend returns. Oof. Uh, Oof. Um, In this fantasy scenario, Bray Wyatt's the returning guy. He's got to win. Bray Wyatt. Okay. Kyle already said Seth Rollins the, the whole way. Unless that uh, maybe changed your mind. Damn, that was a good pick, man. Um, <laughs> no, nah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to stick to my gun, Seth Rollins, just because I'm stubborn. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Mantar. <laughs> I hate you. I knew this was coming. So this one specifically, Lee and I were on the phone earlier, and he told me this 
little shtick, this little segment that we were doing. And he told me that Mantar was going to be in here. You know I like Mantar. He doesn't like Mantar. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening, Lee likes to do this fun little thing where um, he'll try and hype something up really big that's going on to wrestle- in wrestling to me. It, it was more or less before I started doing the show with him and started like paying attention to the dirt sheets. And he would hype this huge, huge person up just to reveal that it was Mantar every time. And I hate him for it every single day. Yep. That being I said... I bet that's how his love life goes, too. Um, yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> we were that just talking about that before the show too that being said Seth Rollins curb stomps Mantar's head into hell and wins okay he's the beast slayer come on man <laughs> you know it's in his name it was obvious okay well we seemingly everyone seems to think fans in the internet wrestling community alike that this man will main event next year's WrestleMania. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Seth Rollins or The Rock? Damn, man. I told you I was going to throw out a huge mix. Uh, I mean, if Rock returns hypothetically at this mania to face Seth, He's got to be returning to hype up next year's mania, logically. Rock wins. Kyle? Seth Rollins. (laughs) Ah, yeah! (laughs) Hell yeah! All right, all right, all right. This next name might surprise you. Doink the Clown. Who wins? Alex? Seth. Yeah. Kyle? Seth, but the bigger question is who would be playing Doink? The Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the other two were just as bad as Jobbers, so Skinner and uh, Ray Apollo. Sorry. What if we have Eugene play him? Have you seen Eugene? He's like 300 pounds now. Oof, big boy. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a uh that'd be like Doink eight Dink, the clown. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> dink. <laughs> dink. All right. Uh now I'm gonna go into the last two names. Seth freaking Rollins and Shane McMahon. Alex. Seth Rollins, um, Shane's not winning. He never wins his WrestleMania matches, with the exception of The Miz, which is like the one match where he maybe should have lost and Miz would have been a bigger babyface afterwards. But whatever, whatever. We're going to forgive that, I guess. Uh, Yeah, no, Shane loses. Seth wins. All right, Kyle? Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, I'm looking up Eugene, like recent pictures. Uh, Oh, there's no way that's... No, man, that's not him. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, Seth wins. He beats up Vince's kid. Fair enough, because, I mean, Vince probably did it when he was a kid himself, so. <laughs> Damn, Seth Rollins man. versus Cody Rhodes, the one that everybody's expecting of this match to happen. Alex? The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes wins. All the fanfare. He comes out to Kingdom by Downstate. 
He comes out with all of his American Nightmare clothing, the bleach blonde hair, just as he was presented in AEW. Hits Seth Rollins with a crossroads. One, two, three, wins the match. Dude, Cody would get fucking stomped in 35 (laughs) seconds. Bro. Dude, no, shut the fuck up, Alex. This is WWE. This is the closest Vince McMahon's been to war. You think he's going to bring in a guy from AEW that just lost a TNT title and put him in there with Seth freaking Rollins and then give Cody the W to say your mid-card loser beats Mm -hmm. one of my top guys? No. Mm -hmm. Cody comes out. He gets all the pageantry. He gets all the pageantry that he gets at AEW, and then he fucking loses to send a point. Your kid's behind you. Oh, yeah. He hears me cuss all the time. Man. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They're just making sure. <laughs> yeah, controversial. I know. Okay. No, man. He gets stomped into oblivion. By the way, audio uh, audio listeners, man, the look on Lee and Alex's face when they saw me cuss in front of my toddler was like, I should be arrested. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> We don't have kids. No, so. yeah, he loses. Hold on. I got to come for my kid. I want to say hi. You want to say hi? Cool. All right, go ahead. Well, come say hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you? Yeah, we're pretty scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to talk to the, us either. I'm probably the scarier one because I'm in the dark and, and pale as pale can be. So He's basically a caveman. Yeah. I'm glad that, uh, by the way, Kyle, you got no, uh, you got no sound. He pointed at my virtual corgi, which y'all failed to mention. Yeah, I did fail to mention that. I, I did, did see that at the beginning, by the but, way. Uh, Kyle, I was said- actually, I was. Give me one second, Lee, because he he just he just stomped a mud hole in me, basically, <laughs> and I'm gonna retort. Uh, <laughs> so you're wrong, number one. Okay. They. <laughs> I wouldn't be the first time, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Same here. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate about this one. I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan. Um, they have made it a point to kind of leak out to the dirt sheets that with Cody Rhodes debuting, that he's going to be presented similarly to as he was as the American Nightmare in AEW. I feel like they've had so many stars that have gone from WWE to AEW and have made these huge splashes that this is WWE's first chance like themselves to do the opposite thing with someone that came from AEW and is coming to WWE and they're going to present him as a bigger star than he was in their company. That being said, Seth Rollins isn't really doing much right now. And if you want Cody Rhodes to be a main event star for your company going forward and you want him to make you money, he's got to win when he shows up. I'd understand if this was like a thing where he had shown up a while ago and this was building up to match similar to like sting, but like if they're having him show up as a surprise at WrestleMania, he's not going to lose. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Dude, we are on such the opposite islands on this. Cause I think that's exactly a petty move. Vince would do. He would pay Cody really well behind the scenes. He's got Cody set up for life. Like, Hey, listen, man, I'm going to give you all that money you asked for. We're going to go ahead and let you host the next Dusty Classic. You know, you get to do all of this stuff. We're going to make a fucking example out of you. Uh, you <laughs> go ahead, Lee. Being the old man that I am and having been used to the old ways of Vince McMahon from the golden era to the attitude era, 
and not to mention the last star that was brought in that he didn't make was totally misused properly being the icon sting i can totally see vince mcmahon giving the cody rhodes a montreal screw job if you will and i only refer it to that because i just watched that episode of dark side of the ring last night for some reason i can see vince mcmahon playing that petty card i think he did it with sting in my opinion sting should have had a way better career in WWE. I'm not blaming Seth Rollins or anything, but I mean, he didn't, he, he just wasn't used properly throughout his whole career. Seemingly because all us fans, we wanted sting versus the undertaker. Let's call it what it is. That's what we wanted. And we didn't get it. We also didn't get matches that we wanted, but I'm torn. Cause I, I see both sides Cody to come in. He does need to get the victory to, to, be able to say I'm a top guy here type deal. But I can also see a Vince McMahon with a gloves come out, the thumbs go in. It's not happening. I know, but I mean he signed That's my That's in the contract. He, That's he, in the contract. No fucking stardust. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Lee, I am going to say one thing, though, uh, yeah. to go off of something you just said. You just said a minute ago that the last person to come in that wasn't made by WWE was Sting. And he it's didn't have like else. the greatest, but he didn't have the greatest. Uh, he didn't have the greatest career. However, I'm going to rebuttal that because about a year later, the phenomenal AJ Styles debuted in WWE and went on to become multiple time WWE champion. When we all thought that he was going to be sent in jobber territory too for being the face of TNA, so he took the face of TNA, made him a multiple time WWE champion. Who's to say you can't do the same thing with AEWs? Did he come straight? And this is like a legit question. I don't know this. Um, uh, but did he come straight over from TNA? He did not. Uh, he spent about a year, he came year and the- a half in New Japan between TNA and WWE. Yeah, I say he more came from the independent scene because his one of his last independent dates was December 12th. What year did he debut? 16 or 17? 16. It was December 12th, 2015, because I was there to watch him wrestle at 2CW in Syracuse, New York. And then two months later, he was at the Royal Rumble. So at that point, he was already back here in the States. He was just finishing up independent dates. That's why only that's what that's the only reason why I say he came from the Indies. Right. But he made his name in TNA. Yeah. I mean, hell, he was even uh, I think he even had a couple of matches in WCW and then TNA and then, you know, yep. New Japan and all that stuff. Bullet Club, all that. Right. I, honestly, I did kind of forget that about AJ Styles, to be honest with you, Alex. Uh, like, like Sting was like the last one I was trying to think of. Who was misused very, very poorly that Vince did not create? Well, and I think what's what's lost in the shuffle when it comes to thinking of guys that were made in other companies, too, is that we've also reached a point in AJ Styles' career that he's been with WWE for so long now that sometimes people forget he basically had a career before he had another career. Yeah, Guys, he didn't come from the enemy, though. AJ didn't come from a company that was perceived as 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 competition. He didn't come from uh, TNA at this point, whenever the like he left TNA. It was a joke in comparison. Yeah. You know, WWE, they probably didn't even fucking remember TNA existed by the time he left that company. AEW is the hot thing and whether, you know, it's Vince, they can come out and publicly say, yeah, we don't view him as competition. 
And you're right. They don't. I mean, they're on different planes completely Mm -hmm. as far as their success level. But the whole antithesis of AEW's existence is to fucking just fuck with WWE. Like that is, that was just what culminated the company was here. We are the alternative. Like we are the anti WWE company. Vince is so petty, man. Like it's just Cody's different. Cody is the first time like he's somebody from a different company is walking into enemy territory at this point in my in my opinion. Not since the guys were jumping from WCW did I did I expect this. You know what I mean? Like when the radicals came over, just as good as Benoit and Guerrero were treated, we got to see uh fucking Perry Saturn get get linked together with Moppy. You know what I mean? We got to see Dean Malenko become a fucking rapist uh and win a night win the ability to have sex with Lita in a fucking match. Uh it's completely in the wheelhouse to uh for Cody just to just to be made an example of and eat a stomp at WrestleMania, man. I think the one thing that might also sway this one way or another to where you know it could kind of keep the result up in the air too was the fact that Cody was also once in WWE before. I think that's the the dark horse aspect of this match. It's basically I feel like how well Vince liked him before he left. And how well he likes him now. I, th- I we'll think see. this one's a very up in the air match. Yeah. This could go either way. I think. And I think I th- my my personal feeling about this is Cody had to go out there and reinvent himself in order to get all eyes on him. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think that's why he's back. And Vince respects that. That's why Drew McIntyre is a multiple time WWE champion. Oh, yeah, like and- I said, Cody getting squashed wouldn't be a sign of disrespect. It's it's just that Vince scratched his back behind the scenes. It was like, look, man, like financially, I'm gonna pay you huge, but you're gonna come out and eat this L and be an example, like as the beginning of of your return to WWE. You know what I mean? I would just think if he is back for a WrestleMania match, there's no chance in hell he's winning it. He'll pick up his W's on down the road. You know what? Actually, I might change my pick, and it's not because I'm tailgating off of what Kyle's saying. I just thought of something else, too. I brought up AJ Styles being the one guy that they made a, dub- a multiple-time WWE champion Look how after long coming from another company. No, hear me out. He lost his first WrestleMania match against Chris oh. Jericho. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Sting lost his first. AJ lost his first. I, I don't know. This one's just really up in the air. I want to say... I want to stay with Cody and say I'm going to stay with Cody, but I won't. I guess I won't be disappointed or hurt as much if Cody doesn't win because it doesn't mean his career in WWE is destroyed. AJ Styles oh, yeah. is living proof of that. I also want to point out on WWEshop.com, they just released a new Dusty Rhodes t-shirt too, by the way. Not that that has anything to do with this match, but, you know, I'm just saying. Hint, hint, um, wink, wink. I... I like all the opinions. I'm personally going to say Cody wins. I just think that uh, the crowd is going to pop so hard when he when he comes out. And it's also not really a screw you to Cody for losing, but I think it's more of having Cody win is more of a screw you to AEW. He's the first per- – Cody Rhodes, if, if this is the match, he's the first person – that Vince McMahon has able to be able to pull from the AEW roster after AEW has already taken away from him. I'll say I'll count punk because that's where punk last wrestled John Moxley, Brian Danielson, 
you know, he, he's gotten some big names from, you know, AEW's gotten some big names from WWE. So for Vince to take Cody, who was their VIP, is, is a slap in the face to, the, to AEW. And I think it's just a bigger slap in the face to be like, you didn't give him what he wanted, but we will. There's so many scenarios that could go yeah. down from this match. And I think, honestly, there's all these great matches on the card this year. I think this is going to be the most talked about match of all of them. I agree because of, of, of what it is, 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I mean, this this was fun, but we all know, like, the real match that's actually going to happen is uh, going to be Marco Stunt, though. So yes! <laughs> it's definitely Marco Stunt, though. We can talk about Cody all day long, but it's Marco Stunt making his debut. That's that's going to be the AEW guy that they pluck from obscurity and yeah. they make they make a bona fide star. It's either that or it's you know it's going to be Ryback. Ryback. Right uh, yeah. So so for those who don't know, as as Kyle brought up, Marco Stunt, Seth Rollins tweeted today hashtag WrestleMania with a GIF of Marco Stunt as it was announced that in AEW, Christopher Daniels made the phone call to Marco Stunt to let him know that they were not renewing his contract. And that it had to do with a large roster and budget cuts? Come on. It's because you're four foot seven, dude. Sorry. Yikes. Our next match is the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. We have the champion Charlotte Flair taking on Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Alex, who do you have? The queen, the multiple-time women's champion. The woman who's going to kick Ronda Rousey's ass at WrestleMania and flush her return down the toilet. Woo! Charlotte Flair. Alex is addicted to being wrong tonight, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Dude, if I had known that Alex was going to be this wrong, I would have started putting money on these. Um no, you mean you didn't go to DraftKings.com and already place your bets? Hell no. We're not, we're not doing shameless plugs for DraftKings here, Lee. This is where I draw the line. I might be a dick, but we're not going that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kyle, who do no, you got? I'm honestly, I'm trying to play devil's advocate this year for Mania because Mania is always too predictable for me. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to switch it up a little bit and kind of go with uh, you know, some out-there picks for some of these matches. All right, I, I like You're it. Not, it's it's not really that far out there, though. No, like, it really it's been. really not. It it's they they could play it either way. I mean, Ronda's still yet to eat that that singles L. It's just like why this one though? You know what I mean? You think that Ronda would be used as like a monster heel for somebody to overcome in a singles match? Um, because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like. What would they benefit? Like, it's not going to be like the Brock Lesnar, John Cena, SummerSlam squash. I don't know. It's just a weird one to me. Honestly, it's a weird, it's a weird match to begin with. Yeah, because in my opinion, too, honestly, you're if you have Ronda go out there when you're basically saying, "Here's the best of our best in Charlotte Flair," which if you if you really want to get down to it, Charlotte Flair is the standard bearer of the women's division in WWE in present day. It's not even close as far as like full on full package Charlotte Flair is the standard bearer of the division and you're going to go and throw Ronda in there and you're going to say here's Charlotte who's the best of our best and she's going to she's going to lose to someone I mean, who's that's, 
that's what WWE is like loves though. They love yeah. their celebrities. They love did you know that like honestly, like you could be a lifelong wrestler and and uh and the level of, of skill you'll have will just be barely more than a celebrity who chooses to do wrestling like three weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you get you get skills in the wrestling ring much quicker if you are a mainstream celebrity. Um <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's it's a boost. It's in 2K. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just a weird one, man. I'm gonna go with Ronda, but it, it's it's. I don't really have a hot take on this. It's just <clears throat> flip a coin on this match. To be fair, so there's been a lot of speculation in my eyes that it's not going to be a male. That beats Ric Flair's and John Cena's 16-time world championship reigns. It's going to be his daughter, Charlotte Flair. And in order for that to happen, she can't be the champion. I see Ronda winning. And that gives Ronda, having held the Raw and the Women's Championships, I believe. But if you also look up, Ronda Rousey has the most winningest percentage in WWE history with, I believe it is a 97% winning percentage. She is number one in WWE with the highest. Sorry, Rick, sorry, Rick Steiner. You're not going to get that far. Rick Steiner's number two at 94, I believe, or 92. Uh, he, he's, he's second. He's right behind Ronda. But, um, for those reasons, I'm going with I'm going with Ronda Rousey. Now, this is technically the last match of the night as we WWE WrestleMania Night One is ending with the KO Show in Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's been all sorts of reports that Stone Cold is actually training really, really hard for some reason. If this turns into a match, guys, Alex, who do you have? KO or Stone Cold? I mean, it's got to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. The man's coming out of retirement after all that time in WrestleMania being in Dallas. It's Austin's home state. He's got to win. And I think that makes the WrestleMania moment of the night, possibly of the past decade. And also, uh, I read somewhere, too, that only a talent like Kevin Owens can take something like having a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin and losing relatively quick or losing it at all and take that and turn it around into something that actually furthers his career on the microphone over the next couple of weeks. So I think losing to Steve Austin has just as much of a gain to Kevin Owens as winning does. So Stone Cold Steve Austin wins. Okay, Kyle, how about you? So I recently watched Jackass Forever, and there was a lot of penis in that movie. Um, at one part, they they spilled like a bunch of like pig cum on this dude too. And when I'm watching this movie, I was like, you know, it's been so long since these guys have done this that it just feels sad, and I feel like Stone Cold is that pig cum. Um, he can come out and do all the same stuff he used to do, but at the end of the day, you did it better back in the day. And you just remind us of like, why, 
sometimes you let memories be memories and you and you hold off on using all that pig cum on the other (laughs) hand though on the other hand sting shows that you can be old and badass if you just do a lot of cross bodies off of a bunch of high shit Yeah. Say Stone Cold wins. Stone Cold wins. Okay. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Stone Cold Steve Austin is pig cum. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly, and I, I know I do, the last time we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin deliver a Stone Cold stunner, the man tore his bicep. And that was on Xavier Woods. <sighs> Hold didn't on. Xavier do Hold the on. Scott Hall stunner too, like the Scott Hall cell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. did, man. Good, good on you, Xavier. He also hit AJ Styles with a Stone Cold stunner as well. Yeah. A couple yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Um I don't know. To me, it's almost kind of like the last few matches the Undertaker had. They were kind of sad. Taker and Goldberg, Saudi Arabia. Though partially not Undertaker's fault, but again you are only as good as your partner in the ring. Let's also talk about his WrestleMania 33 match with Roman Reigns. Yeah. That one was rough. Yep. So, I mean, for the nostalgia factor, yeah. If if it turns into a match, it's Stone Cold. You know, if not, regardless, we're seeing a Stone Cold stunner. And ladies and gentlemen, your winner... Stone Cold Pig Cum. <laughs> stone Stone Pig Come Austin. Jesus Christ. You did this, Kyle. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Yeah. Look, man, you're welcome. We're going to get censored. Uh, the FCC's coming after us and shit. We're fucked. And we'll have them send the this, cease and desist. This will to Kyle. reward anybody who stayed to the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, oh, by the way, I forgot to ask Are we doing both WrestleManias in the show or are you breaking it up into two videos? Oh yeah, now we're doing it right now. We're going to night number two. Hell yeah! All right, man, I'm ready. <laughs> we're going right to right. We're going right to night number two, baby. Scratch what I said. The more pig come, the better. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show just took a a, a, a turn <sighs> that I don't know if we can ter- make make it back from, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, mm-hmm. Night number two, we start off with the the women's fatal four way for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. As the annoying British accent Queen Zelina and her partner Carmella as the champions take on Sasha Banks and Naomi, who have been former tag team partners in the past, taking on Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, along with the Queen of Hearts and the Queen of Spades, Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Alex, who do you think wins? So I'm going to be honest, aside from the women's tag team champions and uh, Sasha and Naomi, I didn't really know who was in this match. Um, And I actually didn't even remember who the tag team champions were at first. That's how little they've been paying attention to the women's tag team division. That being said, I saw a nice video of Sasha Banks and Naomi dancing to Dua, uh, Dua Lipa. The other day, as SmackDown was the off the air, and it was a nice dance, and therefore I'm going to say they win. Sasha and Naomi. I agree, man. It was a nice dance. Yeah. So pleasant. 
It was very wholesome. It was. It really was. I, I, I live to hate Sasha Banks, but even in that video, I was like, oh, I can't hate on Sasha right now. Mm. I pride myself in not being too much of a hater, but God damn it, I am a Sasha Banks hater. I can't help it. <sighs> Makes me sad. Yeah. You're totally right, though. Bianca and Sasha are going to squash the hell out of Zelina and, um, and, and Carmella. They're not even, it's going to be, it's going to be as bad as a, what, what, what did I, where did I fuck up? You said Bianca and Sasha. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Naomi, Naomi and Sasha. You're fine. Are going to squash, um, Zelina and uh, and Carmella. Now I know about the other women in the matches, but the, it's just like they're the they're the main attraction here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like you know, like you're a big deal if if Naomi just comes out after your singles match after having zero interaction is like and new tag team champs. Yeah, they're like okay, yeah, we're we're obviously gonna make y'all the stars of this. This is gonna be this is gonna be as big a squash as um, China when she squashed Ivory for the women's title at WrestleMania. Like there's, there's just going to be no chance. The only reason this match will go on for any amount of time is because you have so many people involved in it. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's Sasha and uh, Sasha and Naomi uh, taking that shit, man. Agreed. And it's funny too, because we talk about how nobody paid attention to this match at all. It hasn't had a ton of build. Lee, if you remember last year when we watched <laughs> WrestleMania 37, the women's tag team title match last year had a same similar build, all which was almost non-existent. And it actually ended up being a pretty entertaining match. Yeah. I love that they created a tag division in three weeks. <laughs> that was just like yeah, yeah they like got, where's they got to a month from the show? They're like, oh shit, we need a division. <laughs> like, like, where's this been for the past year? A little yeah. bit of build. This like could have been actually entertaining. Like they have legitimate teams now that make sense, but we couldn't have had this throughout the year. <laughs> I don't know, man. They don't I, would, I would love to say Rhea and Liv Morgan win. Rhea just came off of holding the belt. Natty and Shayna, I could see them doing it with them. However, the way that they've been teasing that it's going to be Sasha and Naomi, and the fact that this would actually be Sasha's first WrestleMania win after six years. She's never won a WrestleMania. So I think she finally gets the nod. I think we're all in agreement. Sasha Banks and Naomi will be your new women's tag team champions. A... Our next match is an interesting one, as it is the second match for WrestleMania that involves a celebrity. An anything-goes match, as Sami Zayn will take on Jackass star and Pigcom, Johnny Knoxville. I'm going to say Knoxville wins. An anything-goes match... Sami Zayn doesn't really have any friends that they have like on air building anything up for this. Johnny Knoxville's boys from Jackass, I'm going to say are going to be somewhat involved in the match to help him win. And I'm going Knoxville all the way. And it yeah, just, I think that- it just fuels Sami Zayn's conspiracies that much more. I feel like they want to shoot like a mini episode of Jackass during this match. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna use this match as a comedy sake. There's gonna be a bunch of like PG um, jackass stunts. Like some guy's gonna like get rammed into Sammy while in a shopping cart. Um, another guy might I don't know like 
put his balls on his head or something. I don't know. But uh they'll probably be going live at ringside throughout the whole match <laughs> on their own channel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, there'll be a backstage segment. One of them gets picked come dumped on him. That's Sammy. Sammy gets picked come dumped on him at the end of the match when he loses. Um no, nah, I do think Sammy's gonna win though. I actually do. I think the opposite. I, I think everything that, that Lee said, but I believe Sammy gets the win. Um, Knoxville served his purpose at, at, at the Royal Rumble. And then they were like, oh, my God, Knoxville's still popular. All these years later, people really like this guy. Let's give him a comedy match. Let's do that. Hell, yeah. Um, I hate celebrity matches. So this is another one that's a little difficult for me. Um if we're going to keep a celebrity match on the card and the rules are going to be anything goes, I wish anything would go, including Johnny Knoxville, and we could bring back in Bad Bunny because he actually wrestled a pretty well match last year against Miz and Morrison. So I'd rather see something like that. I don't care too much about this match. doesn't do much for me. Uh, I'd honestly rather see Sami Zayn win. It's not going to happen. They're going to have Knoxville win for whatever dumb reason, but I'd rather see Sami Zayn win. I like it because I I know that it's going to be like a prank match. Sami's going to go around a corner and like someone like Steve-O is going to have something like pop out or blow up or or hit him with something type deal. You know, we're going to see a bunch of wacky antics in this, I believe. Uh it's, I mean, it's no straight disrespect. up WWE's style. Yeah, it's is, it's yeah. they yeah man. I mean they created, they took Jeff Tremaine, the producer of Jackass, and they created Swerve. Like they yeah. they literally made their own Jackass show. How much they're a fan of this? Yeah, yeah they're gonna play the hits, man. They're gonna have like a, a fucking volleyball launcher. They're gonna have that giant hand that they can slap him with. He'll probably get fucking flour dumped on him or or bitch slapping with flour. Like they're gonna. This is, dude, this is like Vince McMahon's wet dream of a comedy match here. Yeah, like he's going to get tarred and feathered at the end type deal, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm going with Knoxville just because this is a WWE. It's going to WWE. And I told you, man, look, like I said, they're all celebrities. Yeah. Like, so they, yeah. they instantly already have like a plus eight on their stats, okay? Yeah. That they start a minimum at a 76 yeah. in, in 2K22. Absolutely. Our next match is a singles match as Austin Theory will take on SmackDown commentator Pat McAfee. Alex, who do you got? This match I'm actually excited for because Pat's shown that he's trained. He's shown that he can wrestle. We saw him involved in war games before. Obviously, Austin Theory is a very up-and-coming bright star. Possibly the future of that company if he keeps his head on right. I think this is actually going to be the match that surprises people the most. I think there's going to be a lot of people that go into this. Not necessarily thinking it's going to be a mad, bad match, but not expecting what they might see. And in this case, I think this is actually going to be one of the show-stealing performances. Only because of the star power in the ring, anything that Pat McAfee touches turns to gold with the exception of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, everything he does on WWE television is great. This match is going to be one of them. Pat McAfee, 
I feel like has to take the W here, but I think Austin Theory jumps him after the match is over so he can get that selfie in. Okay. Kyle, who do you got? I, I got uh, I got Austin Theory. I feel like um I feel like that uh yeah, I I just I just feel like he's just gonna win it, to be honest with you, man. I, I don't know. I think um what I'm wondering is Vince gonna get involved. Remember all like all the fucking reports like Vince McMahon's having a match or will he be yeah. involved in the match or something? I'm wondering, it's just like that's a long way for Vince to have to go to get to the ring to do something. That's the only thing that makes me not confident is just how long of a path it is to get to the middle of that ring. Uh, uh, if Vince actually gets involved, but I think I think um, I think everything Alex said is correct, other than just who wins. I think I think it'll just end up being theory. I'm, I think this could also be possibly the start of what could be Pat McAfee's more full time wrestling career too, if that is the direction that he plans on going in at some point. That's an, I never considered that, like McAfee becoming a more regular wrestler. I never considered that either. The only thing that plays in my head is during the interview when Vince offered him the match, he goes, Jesus Christ, I only got four weeks to train. I'm out of shape, blah, blah, blah. And the other part that plays in my head about this match is you just had Austin Theory in a squash match defeat your Intercontinental Champion in less than three minutes. I'm saying yeah, Austin Theory. Terrible, too. That's that's fucking... There goes the the, the four-week push for Ricochet. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I, I just, I don't know. It's something about Pat McAfee that just grabs my attention. So I, I'm not sure. Where does he rank in uh, 2K22? What's his, what's his rating? Austin oh, I, I gotta say. Huh? Austin Theory is an 80. I'm saying Pat McAfee. What's, what's McAfee's rating? He's not even in the game. No, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, oh, it's a, like, it's he's a, a generic yeah. 76. He's a 76? Oh, oh, oh no. Man, I, Dude, he's a celebrity. He's like, he's got to be at least an 82, 83. He's a pro athlete crossover. Yeah, I'm going to no. go with generic 76 just because. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm going to say he's got like a solid like. Uh, well, what did you say Austin Theory is an 80? Yeah, he's an 80. So I think Austin Theory should be higher than that, too. So I'm I'm going to in this world, Austin Theory's ranking is also higher because I think Austin Theory sits at like a solid 89. Um, I, I say Pat McAfee's got like an 86, 87. Whoo! Wow, it's world! That's a world contender right there. World title have you, contender. Have you seen him in the War Games match? The man knew what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is true. That is. And true. he's got he's got his own wrestling ring that he trains in. He's not just someone that's just coming into a ring that has no prior experience. Well, I mean, he's getting paid thirty million for his podcast. Yeah, he should have his own wrestling ring. I believe he probably has his own <laughs> football field too at this point. You know what I mean? Right. I- I'm going to go with Austin Theory just on. I want just my, just what I think. So it's fine. We all agree to disagree. We all have our different moments in there. We have a triple threat tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. We have the champions, RK Bro, taking on what seemingly seems like a heel turn in the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. Alex, who do you got, my man? So I don't really see this as a full heel turn for the Street Profits. I think we're seeing them play more of the tweener in the in the feud between everybody because we've got the full-fledged heel team of Alpha Academy on one side, the babyface team of RK-Bro. I think 
the street profits are just kind of more baby faces that are just developing more of an edge. And around WrestleMania time, you see teams jumping people. It happens, even if they're baby face teams. It's WrestleMania season. So I think they're more of the tweeners in here. However, I really enjoy this new edge that they have. And if it does lead to them being more aggressive or even into a heel turn, I'd like to see the Street Profits win the tag titles back in Mania. Okay. How about you, Kyle? The only way the Street Profits are winning those titles is if they are confirmed heels. They're not going to do a, 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 a babyface title win form in my opinion I, I just i just don't see that i think that's why um we've been seeing the the heel antics and stuff i mean it's it's hard to defend them as baby faces when they with them coming and jumping rk bro uh, uh you know the biggest baby face tag team in wwe um so yeah i think if they really lean into like they're officially heels that's the only way i could see them winning uh and uh, you know what? You know what? That's 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 going to be the route I go. I say I say they get the win, um, as heels. They okay. cheat. They cheat to win for sure. Pull a little uh, Eddie Guerrero move there. I like it. I'm going to say RK Bro retains. Now a while back, we thought we were going to get the team split up as seemingly was reported in dirt sheets, and WWE even teased it a little bit. Right now, there's been no indication that they're going to even follow through with that. I think this is something where we see RK Bro hold on to them, but then that kind of leaves well, who's left in the tag team division for them? Seemingly, really no one, unless they start creating more throw together teams or we get some NXT call ups. I'm going to stick with RK bro retaining our next match. Alex, put your boner away edge versus AJ styles. These are Alex's two favorite wrestlers. So I'm going to let Alex go first. My favorite wrestler of all time, the braided R superstar edge, my favorite TNA wrestler of all time. The phenomenal AJ Styles. This is a match I've wanted since before these two men were both even in the same company. I've wanted this match since like 2006, 2007. Uh, I felt at the time that the rated R superstar character that was just coming through and the phenomenal AJ Styles character that was just coming through in TNA would have been a perfect match, a perfect mesh of characters between AJ's babyface style and Edge's heel style. Granted, we're getting a little bit of a different version of each of those styles from both of them. But the match is finally happening. I would have to say that Edge has taken a lot of defeats since coming back. Yes, he's won the Royal Rumble, but he's taken a lot of defeats since he came back. And for that reason, I think this is going to be the best match of both nights. But for that reason alone, I think Edge walks away with a victory. Okay, Kyle, how about you? WWE owes me. Not a person (laughs) that claims that people fucking owe me that often. (laughs) But the last time they let me get this hyped up, this hyped up for an in-ring clash was 
AJ Styles and Nakamura. And then it just fucking became the summer tour, the summer tour of dick kicks. <laughs> and I'll never forgive them for that. We got a, we could have got a new Japan dream match in WWE. They'd already done the strong style in NXT with Shinsuke and, and, um, and Sami Zayn, which to this day still remains one of the top 10 best matches ever done in NXT. Um, with that being said, I'm giving him one more chance. I don't even care about who fucking wins. I just want this to be a great match, and it deserves to be. Um, with that being said, I, I think uh, I think AJ wins. Just like the story that you're telling, I think that's that's ultimately what leads the way. But um, that is just man, the outcome of the match is like the furthest thing I care about right now. I just want this to be a really good fucking match. And I think WWE owes it to me personally. And uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. All right. I'm a fan of both. I really, really love this dark heel turn that Edge took for this. Very, very close to uh, Alex helped me out here. His heel run. 07, 08, when, when was, 06 maybe I think it was, somewhere in there, correct? Give me, give me a, like a storyline reference. Oh God, do you remember the pay-per-view where he had the, he was oh, the poster? It was, um, 2009 Judgment Day or 2008 Judgment Day, one of the two. Thank you, thank you. That's why that's why you are an encyclopedia for us. Thank you. I love this dark, dark turn that Edge has because that's what it reminds me of. And if you watched on Monday Night Raw when he was cutting his promo, again, he had that time thingy, just like he scales. did in the, pa- the scales, just like he did yeah. in the pay-per-view. It was very dark, it was mysterious. I loved it. I love this different side of Edge. There hasn't been too much really interaction face-to-face between the two, which leaves it even more open aside from like the cup. There's like what, two times they did interact face-to-face and the one time AJ was laying face down on the ground with the little air bubble saying, hey, this is still better than teaming with Omos after basically a chair concerto or, you know, so I was, I was very happy with this heel turn, but it's because that they haven't had too much interaction amongst each other. I feel like they give it to AJ styles. I just feel like that's the route that they're going to go because really through the promos and just that one attack in my eyes, it seems like edges had the upper hand almost the entire time. So I'm going to go with AJ Styles on this one. So just to confirm, Lee, it was Judgment Day 2009. And actually, Edge made a reference to the pay-per-view during his promo segment towards AJ Styles. So if you, any of you are listening and you don't know what we're talking about, there is a poster from Judgment Day 2009. It's a picture of Edge holding a uh, having the scales in front of him, one way, one way, one way, and the other. 
Fast forward to this past week on Raw, Edge cuts this promo on AJ Styles, and he says, AJ Styles, this Sunday at WrestleMania, it's your judgment day. He's literally referencing that poster, that pay-per-view, and in the room that he's in, in that promo, it's very similar to a courtroom, has the scales in front of him, it's basically <laughs> copying that promo. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I just feel like with Edge having this new character, now is not the time for him to lose because I think that takes that new character that he just built and kind of ruins it already. So I'm going to stick with Edge. Okay. It's, it's so weird how random WWE was, is with their like callbacks and Easter eggs. Um, I, I give that wholeheartedly to Edge. I bet you Edge was just sitting at home. How do I make this special? How do I make this unique? How do I reward the fans and get them excited? And the man just went through his like pay-per-view catalog and was looking at pictures and he's like, boom, that's it. That's that's where we're going here. This and and a ton of blue light. Um but yeah, we also do who wait, so we, we said two AJ one one uh edge. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right, pretty safe. So our next match was made Monday night. I'm sorry, but the road to WrestleMania, you shouldn't be having, you should, this card should have been finalized before Monday, to be honest. We have Omos, who two weeks ago on Raw, if you could understand what he was saying, basically, said he wanted a match at WrestleMania this past Monday. A double, you know, there was a count out with him as he beat the Viking Raiders. I'm still hurting from that one too. Uh, that's, I think that's they all. protected him. Oh no, I mean it's still a different, it's still a whole new story. It's still that that's for another episode though. Right. Out comes the Almighty One, Bobby Lashley. We have Omos versus Bobby Lashley. It seems Lashley is now a face. Alex, who do you got, my man? I just, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Omos. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. And I know how you said that the card should have been finalized before now, but in all fairness, WWE didn't really know if Bobby Lashley was going to make it to WrestleMania until the last second. So once they found out that he could make it to Mania, I'm sure they wanted to find a spot for him. And Omos happened to be free. That being said, I've always been a huge Bobby Lashley fan. Uh, since I started watching wrestling again, Bobby Lashley's been the man. So uh, I'm going to go with Lashley on this one. Okay. Yeah, you know, they've been building Omos as a monster heel, and just like seemingly what's trying to be like. I don't want to say the next Undertaker, but he's one of the bigger guys on the roster. And they're just trying to make him the larger than life, you know, Kane, Braun Strowman, those big guys. I think if they're going to continue with that, he needs to beat Bobby Lashley. I hate to say this. Trust me. I really hate to say this. I think Omos wins. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's a lock. I've never it, dude, this is this is feels like it's such an easy pick. It's uh it's the great Kali who you're thinking of. Uh yeah, by the way. They're, yeah, they're, that's yeah, who they want it to one. be. They want it to be Kali's smackdown run where um where he like what brain chopped Undertaker and pinned him with his boot. 
that's uh, that's and I and I think that's exactly why we have the build that we've had, which is zero build, is is because Lashley. If Flash is going to win, you would need a story, something to overcome. You know what I mean? And if you go by wrestling logic, uh, how WWE does their pay-per-view logics, who was standing tall on Raw? Lashley. Omos was the one who had to retreat. That usually means they swing it at the pay-per-view. Yeah, Omos is going to is gonna destroy Lashley, and then Lashley will t- probably take some more time off and then come back, and it'll be like it never happened. Lashley will do his own thing, and Omos will have um, a really his first big credible win. Um, to his name. And, you know, I, I, I can see it that way with him leaving again, uh, being a guy who's had a couple of shoulder surgeries. You don't bounce back that fast from a shoulder surgery. I'm sorry. I've had he a hasn't torn had rotator. It yet. Oh, he hasn't. He, he, yeah. He didn't have surgery. Yet. No, that's what I'm saying. There's no way okay, he's had yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oma, he's, he's putting yeah, it off. That, that further tells me Omos wins. Yeah. Cause he's going to leave and have the surgery and he's gone for six months. Yep. Because, I mean, I've had a rotator cuff, type 3 AC joint separation, torn labrum, all on this shoulder. And it takes six months to be able just to have a full range of motion again. And then to, like, fully make sure that you're okay a year. That's only if you go to physical therapy twice a week. These guys being professional athletes, they're going, like, twice a day. You know what I mean? To physical therapy, to get that shoulder back and to make sure everything is okay. So, you know, where it takes me six months to heal, four months, five months, he's probably already like lifting weights again and and taking small bumps in the ring type deal. You know what I mean? Training wise. But if he hasn't had that surgery, I got to go with Omos winning. You know, you're not going to have him not compete in the elimination chamber match and then have him come back for this, and then he stays. There's no way. There's there's absolutely no way. If he hasn't had the surgery, he's coming in. This is a favor almost to WWE for him. Yeah. And what is what what do they like to do at WrestleMania? They like to make moments. They'll want yeah. this to be like a shock and awe moment. Like like I dude, it's like no one's ever handled Bobby Lashley like this before. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like, like Bobby's not gonna even, not even Brock Lesnar was able to beat him. Yeah. yeah, like they're gonna have they're gonna have like Lashley out there bumping like Dolph Ziggler, you know what I mean? Just getting pinged off of Omos. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like this is like if there's gonna be a WrestleMania squash match, this would be the one. Um, Omos just dismantles Lashley, and they'll cover it up. They'll say Lashley wasn't prepared. He took all that time off, hurt, and just came back for a match that he wasn't ready for. I mean, they'll protect the hell out of him, but like in the moment. They're going to want Omos to just look giant. You know what I mean? They already put a camera at like dick level for this man. You know what I mean? I feel bad for that cameraman that's got to just like kneel down in front of Omos every time Omos walks by. Um, Yeah, dude, Omos is going to kill Lashley. There you go, fans. And speaking of Brock Lesnar, we have the main event for night two. The winner takes all unification of the WWE championship and the universal championship. Brock Lesnar being the WWE champion, taking on Roman Reigns, who is the universal champion, who will have in his corner his advocate, Paul Heyman. Special counsel. Get it right. Whatever. 
wise man. He's a wise man. He's a walrus. You you put some respect on his name. (laughs) He's a walrus. He's a wise man. Listen, I'm not even going to call him Paul Heyman anymore. You know what? After that, he's Paulie Dangerously. So there you go. Now it's now now his name's changed. He's Paulie Dangerously again from WCW and even ECW now. So you, you call him whatever you want. That's what I'm calling him now. Just just out of spite. Oh, because I like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so yeah. screw the tribal chief. Blech. Okay. Anyway. This is a hard match to predict. I want to say Brock wins, but at the same time, I want to say Brock loses because, you know, he did go on, I believe it was the Pat McAfee show where he said that being in front of the camera, he he needs to like recharge his batteries and stuff, you know, with, 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 you know, his anxiety and things like that. It's too much for him. So he gets in front of the camera for a little bit and then he disappears for a little while. This is the most we've seen Brock Lesnar in a long time. He's pretty much almost like working a full-time schedule, even though he's not wrestling every week. He's been on TV every week, though. This is close to like the original run of Brock, the next big yeah. thing Brock, as far as how frequently he's featured. Well, yeah. And as far as his personality, too. Really oh, yeah. His personality is completely of- yeah, it's completely right. different. We're used just, to like he's acting more like how he did back when he was the next big thing, and then when he was on that SmackDown run before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a hard one pre- to predict because if Brock Lesnar wins, who's next for him? If Roman Reigns wins, who's next for him? And there's only one name that actually kind of stands out. And it's from the match before. Omos. Both men, (laughs) think about it. Both men have literally ran through the roster. You've had Brock Lesnar beat everybody. You've had Roman Reigns beat everybody. So who's left? Omos is the only thing right now that they're building up as, and I'll, I'll say it, the next big thing. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns, to be honest with you, because I think this is where we see Brock Lesnar take time off. I think Roman Reigns holds both titles. And now because he has both titles, now he's got to work both shows. He might not wrestle on each show every time. It might just be pay-per-view type stuff. But if you're going to have one champion, the one champion's got to be on both shows, just like the, the the women's champ, the tag team championships. You know what I mean? And we know with Roman Reigns will come the SmackDown tag team championships as well. You know, the Usos. I'm going to say Roman wins, and I'm going to say his next feud is Omos. Kyle, who do you got? All right, man. So on UWO, there was a really good um tweet that was brought up that caused a lot of stir which by the way if you haven't seen uwo you guys gotta check it out it's on our twitch channel It'll be up on youtube later um where this person kind of condemned wwe for really screwing over their main card because they they made the bold statement without brock without roman 
WWE is floundering and we wholeheartedly agreed. They've sacrificed like their whole main card. They've done nothing to build anybody up. And now you've paired up your two biggest guys now that when they face off, unless you do a weird dusty finish where you can continue their feud, which hopefully that's not the case. There's going to be no one left. There's going to be nobody left. That's going to garner any interest in an immediate title shot. Um. So this is going to be fantasy land for me. This is going to be the one where y'all can laugh at me. Then you're going to be like, Kyle, that's so stupid. Uh, yeah, far thinking. But if I'm right, if I'm right, which uh, probably not. But if I'm right, it makes sense. It's going to be Roman. They're going to do Roman. Brock's going to fuck off. He's going to go back to Saskatchewan and go hunt fucking elk and moose and shit. And, um, and the night's going to kick off with somebody who finally cleared up enough time in their schedule down the road that we get the next big feud. And that's going to be the rock. And ideally the way you do this is the way the rock and John Cena did their rematch. They announced it in a year in advance, and then they can throw barbs at each other and do whatever over the course of that year. And so you can get to that match, but more importantly, what you're doing is during that year, you're building up your main card again. You're making bigger stars. You're making more credible threats. So finally, when The Rock and Roman pay off, which my second part of this prediction is, is Roman wins that match too, then you'll have a credible feud. Because there's really nobody. There's nobody that garnishes any mainstream interest uh, being paired with um, with Roman without doing some seriously great storytelling, which... I don't have the faith in wwe to do um so yeah that uh that's roman roman wins so that we can spend a year waiting for rock and build up his next set of opponents so i guess when i make the title i might as well make it wrestlemania 38 predictions and a wrestlemania 39 prediction yes. all ready for next year for 2023 Just tuck that sound bite away for a year and dust it off next year when you're ready for it, man. You got it. Alex, Thank you. what do you got? So, um, Kyle, you're actually not the first person to think of that exact scenario. I've ran that same scenario through my head for about six months mm. because I feel if you're going to set up Roman versus Rock, that's the only way to do it. Rock is such a mega mainstream superstar, if not the most mainstream mega superstar in the world that you have to build it up in a year in advance. And in order to do that, obviously Roman's got to win. I love the new Brock Lesnar. I love the head of the table that much more. I have, this is the one match where I've had my dad set lock in uh, Victor for this match for months, even before they announced what the match was going to be. I knew Roman Reigns is walking out of WrestleMania with a victory this year. Also, it has already been confirmed that there are house shows after WrestleMania. And this isn't a prediction. This is a spoiler. Hey, been... spoiler freeze, the way to be. Yeah, but go right ahead. Um, they've all, there's already been confirmed house shows that the main event is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for after WrestleMania. And it's all but basically confirmed that Roman's walking out of WrestleMania with a victory. If I could, real quick, 
<clears throat> oh, and those are labeled for as universal um, championship matches, by the way. Just universal? That is the way they set it on there, but it's also a house show, so you know that they haven't updated it either. Well, if that's the case. <clears throat> Damn! <laughs> well, that would make sense. If Roman wins, too, he's got both titles. He's got to defend against yeah. opponents from both brands. Seth Rollins representing Roger McIntyre representing SmackDown. 100%. And, uh, and obviously, we don't know that that's the storyline way it's going to go, but if they're if they're showing that as a as a lineup for a house show, those are, that's usually pretty indicative of what's going to happen on the main roster. Yeah, absolutely. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this rounds up WrestleMania night two and overall WrestleMania. That is Saturday, April 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd. Now, Friday, April 1st, there are some other pay-per-views that are going on with other companies. And one of them happens to be a company that, Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, bought, which is Ring of Honor. They have their super card Friday, April 1st. And one thing that Tony Khan did say, yes, I know other shows are going on. Yes, I know there's other things going on that night, that weekend. Do not leave Ring of Honor super card early because if you do, you will be disappointed. He obviously has something big planned. Alex, you have the card for that. And as well as there is a card for Impact, a pay-per-view on the same night, April 1st, the multiverse of matches. Impact Wrestling enters the multiverse. Alex, if you could real quick, just break down the cards for both shows real quick. We're not going to do any predictions, but we just want to let you, the fans, know that tomorrow night, there's some pretty cool stuff going on, and Alex can tell us all about it. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing I want to know before I get into that, and I, I'm, I'm wondering if you two, either of you, have the information on this. So, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, takes place tomorrow night. Ring of Honor is currently owned by AEW. So, is is Rampage still supposed to air tomorrow as well and go like head-to-head with Supercard of Honor, or is this supposed to take the place of Rampage happening tomorrow night? No, Rampage is its own show on on TNT tomorrow night. Yeah, they can't they can't that just know, cancel an airing. You know, they, there's so much more tied to that like with the networks and right. their schedule and stuff. I just didn't know yeah. if they were like putting it in that time slot. I didn't know what was going Here, on. Here, I'll I'll let you know in a second. I got Google up in front of me. Perfect. Appreciate it. All right. Well, uh Kyle's looking that up. I'm going to go through the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor card real quick. In a singles match for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, we've got a barn burner of a match between Rhett Titus, who we have interviewed at Perched on the Top Rope, on our YouTube page. It is at that, by the way. Sorry. YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find those interviews there. Appreciate that. Uh, We have Ninja Mac taking on an opponent to be named, accompanied by... Tully Blanchard. So that's pretty interesting. Tully Blanchard's going to be showing up in a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. We'll see who he brings with him. Yeah, yeah we I'm... just we just saw him get fired by FTR two weeks ago. True, so maybe he's going to kind of show up more on Ring of Honor now with, uh, with uh, Tony Khan owning the company. 
In a Ring of Honor versus AEW match, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Willow Nightingale in a single match to determine the interim Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. And we'd like to point out that the reason why they're doing that is because the current ROH Women's Champion, Deanna Perrazzo, is on the Impact Multiverse card. Thank you. Appreciate that. We have Josh Woods representing Ring of Honor, taking on Wheeler Yuta representing AEW in a singles match for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. If you would like to know more on the Ring of Honor Pure Rules, go to our YouTube page where we interviewed Rhett Titus. He goes into explanation with Lee on the Ring of Honor Pure Rules at youtube.com slash perched on the top row. We have Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty being accompanied by Matt Seidel in a singles match. That's probably going to be pretty good. We've got Swerve Strickland representing AEW, taking on Alex Zane representing Ring of Honor. We have the Briscoe Brothers facing FTR in a match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. This match probably has had the most build on the card. They've shown multiple promos on Twitter. They've been going back and forth for months now. They uh, FTR showed up at final battle and jumped the briscoes this one's going to be a hell of a match if not a match of the year candidate in my opinion and then we have the ring of honor world undisputed champion being decided in the main event with jonathan gresham taking on bandito which is going to be interesting (coughs) because bandito is set to be accompanied to the ring by one chavo guerrero who was most recently let go from aew now that tony khan owns ring of honor wonder how this is going to end. Yeah, and if fans uh, remember ROH Final Battle, their final pay-per-view before they took their hiatus, Bandito was the last champion, but due to the fact that he got COVID, they had to come up with something else. And Jonathan Gresham, you know, they, they seemingly brought back the original ROH title for that match to happen, which Gresham won. So that's going to be a good match. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting to me is the Mercedes Martinez match versus Willow Nightingale to determine the interim Ring of Honor World's Women's Champion. Because on the flip side, we have the Impact Multiverse of Matches pay-per-view that same night. And one of the matches on the card to start off is Diano Perrazzo taking on a mystery opponent in the Champ Champ Challenge, which could be either for her AAA Women's Championship or the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So who's to say that she's even going to be champion heading into whoever wins the interim title match? I like that. Yeah, and Impact's been known for bringing in surprise women, surprise wrestlers over all their pay-per-views as well over the past year or two. So it could be someone huge, and Deanna could possibly not even be champion by the time the interim and Undisputed meet up. (coughs) Yeah. Kyle, is there any matches on that card you're excited for? Um. I mean, I'm always happy for a Suzuki match. And so you got Rhett Titus and Minoru Suzuki uh, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. I love his matches. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what Wheeler Yuta does. The AW is doing a fantastic job of, of getting people behind Wheeler Yuta. Um, Jay Lethal, to a lesser degree, but he's showing a conflict of uh, of confidence. Uh, having lost two big profile matches uh, back-to-back on AEW. 
So I'm excited to see if, if this is where he tries to write the course. Although I, he needs a win on dynamite, like a win on this pay-per-view is fantastic, but he needs a win in front of like the dynamite audience. And then from there, I mean, the Briscoes and FTR. Yeah. I mean, the whole card is a lot of, has a lot of fun stuff in there, you know? Um, Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm excited for plenty of it. Uh, It it does kind of look like though, that the main, like the, the end of the night, that's, what's going to go head to head with rampage because rampage is scheduled at 10 ring of honor scheduled at eight. So just when we're getting to like the final matches of the super card is when it's, Rampage is going to air. That is kind of weird. Conflicting times. Um, but yeah, no, it looks fun, man. Looks like It looks like a lot of fun. I'm always excited to see what happens new in wrestling, man. I love new. I love new and stuff, but you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. I always get excited for that shit. And nonetheless, and, even if they conflict, Tony Khan wins in the end because he owns both companies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of new, Impact... Entering the multiverse. This is going to be absolutely insane. Something we've never seen before. And Alex, you know the card. Impact Wrestling has gone Marvel, ladies and gentlemen. We've jumped into the multiverse. And here we have the multiverse of matches. We're going to start out with the Impact Knockouts Tag Team title match. We have the Influence, which consists of Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood facing off against new impact knockout Giselle Shaw and Lady Frost taking on Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles, who is the current impact knockouts women's champion taking on decay in a tag team title match. We have, as I said before, the champ champ challenge with Deanna Perrazzo taking on a mystery opponent. That should be pretty interesting. We have the return of Impact's X Division Ultimate X match. We have Trey Miguel taking on Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Vincent, Jordan Grace, and Bullet Club's Chris Bay for the X Division Championship. We have former enemies teaming up in Jonah and Josh Alexander to take on Moose and the Frankenstein of professional wrestling, PCO. We have a mixed tag team match, which is honestly the match I'm most looking forward to at this pay-per-view. We have Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green taking on Mickey James and Nick Aldis. This is the first time Nick Aldis has wrestled for Impact Wrestling in quite some time. We saw a slight return when they did that weird GFW thing, that company that never really worked out for Jeff Jarrett. Um, We saw him come back for a slight amount of time, but uh, he really hasn't been associated with this company in a long time. So it's going to be really cool to see Nick Aldis return home to the company that made him. We have Alex Shelley taking on Speedball Mike Bailey. And I had to call him by his nickname because when he first debuted, that's all Lee could wrap his mind around. That he just was like, I don't know if that's a good nickname for someone. And might not be, but that's what he's gone by before he even showed up in Impact Wrestling. So the guy made it himself, must be. Yeah. Either way, Speedball Mike Bailey is actually an incredibly talented wrestler, and I think he's one of the young stars that's actually jumping up the ladder in Impact Wrestling quite quickly. Watch his in-ring stuff, guys. It's great. Yeah, he, match... wrestles, he wrestles just like the drug. I'm sorry. I had to say it. There's slow moments and then just bursts of energy. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I'm sorry. If you don't know what a speedball is, go look it up. I'm not going to talk any more about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, he very entertaining wrestler. So go watch this match between him and Alex Shelley. We have the Briscoe brothers 
taking on the Good Brothers. So it appears that the Briscoes are pulling double duty and appearing on both shows. And I got something to add to that, but I'll let you finish the card first, and then I'll say what I have. Absolutely. So we have the Briscoe Brothers taking on the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. We have Chris Sabin taking on leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White. We recently saw Jay White get into it with Alex Shelley, kind of led to the reformation of the Motor City Machine Guns, which is one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Um, and now we're going to see Chris Sabin take on Jay White. And in the main event of the evening, we are going to see Tomohiro Ishii taking on Honor No More's leader, Eddie Edwards. So here's my theory. The inter- from the ROH Supercard of Honor, whoever wins that interim championship goes right to impact for this pay-per-view and challenges Deanna Perrazzo. Ooh, I like that. It's, it's obviously close that where the, where both pay-per-views are happening, obviously they're close enough for the Briscoes to pull double duty. Yeah. I think you're going to see the same thing. I think whoever that interim champion is, is going to just bolt to impact and make the challenge and, and challenge for the, the ROH champion. And then you have the interim and the, and the ROH champion and whoever that winner is takes it off Deanna Perrazzo. Okay, so to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, Lee, I just did a little bit of research. Impact's Multiverse of Matches takes place in Dallas, like the rest of most things happening WrestleMania weekend. Supercard of Honor takes place in Garland, Texas. That's a 27-minute drive. Yeah, exactly. They so, don't even need a new. They don't even need a different hotel. Yeah, no, and the thing no, is, you just get a hotel in the middle of both of both places, and then you go to one place, and then you go to the other. Yeah, and the and the thing about this is. Ring of Honor Supercard starts at 8 p.m. Uh-huh. Impact Multiverse starts at 9 p.m. So what you're gonna, what I think you're gonna see is your first two matches for ROH Supercard of Honor is gonna be the Briscoes and is gonna be that interim championship match, and then you're gonna see those winners just bolt right to Impact to get their further matches. And honestly, if I'm going to make a prediction right now, I've got to say it's got to be Mercedes Martinez that wins that match then, because Mercedes before. Uh, signing with AEW had also debuted with Impact Wrestling, and she hasn't really finished up with her ties there yet. So I almost wonder if either she's a coming back to win those titles, or b she's coming back and it's going to be like her kind of her her farewell from Impact as well. Yeah, Kyle, what do you think about that card and and everything we just talked about right there? <clears throat> I'm wondering if Rockstar Spud makes an appearance. <sighs> Believe it or not, Rockstar Spud's actually back with WWE again. He is now a writer for WWE. Oh my god! Oh, good for him. Either way, I'm happy. I forgot about that. He's like a man with he's he's a cat with nine lives with that company, man. Dude, Mm -hmm. you cannot. (laughs) It's it's literally it's legally impossible to release Drake Maverick from WWE. Apparently, (laughs) he's been he's been fired three times now. Brought back each time. I mean, good for him. He's the Barney Grumble. Of yeah. WWE, just as soon as they toss him out the door, he's he's already back at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just waiting. <laughs> no Resume shit. Okay. in hand. Oh man, that's um, going to be a good card. Tamayuro Ishii, once again, another guy I just love to watch his matches. I do not watch Impact, not not really because I have anything against it. It's just there's too much fucking wrestling. Um, and and Thursdays I'm typically moonlighting for other podcasts 
is just how that also works out. I think we've had this talk, Lee. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time I want to watch Impact. Yeah, here you are. What here schmucks I, do their show on a Thursday? Ah, uh, no. A lot well, of us, apparently. Yeah, I mean, shit. Uh, Smack Raw is live right now over on Twitch. Okay, um, okay, well, go check it out. I guess, guess we're all Well, I mean, now. by the time this goes up, it's already off the air. You know, that's why I, that's the only reason I'm able to plug it is I wouldn't, I wouldn't go rewatch it. Yeah, go rewatch it. There there you go. Go. I'm sure they do great. I'm sure they did good things. Um, fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see PCO. Um, because I just that guy just the internet loves PCO. Jesus, who would have saw that career resurgence? Um, yeah, and I mean the Good Brothers, and and I'm a, and I'm I'm just I really do I love the Good Brothers. I I just I can't help it, man. But I'm not gonna lie. It's it's so foreign to me. I haven't kept up with anybody. To be honest, the match that gets me the most excited out of the entire card is actually Mickey James and Nick Aldis taking on Cardona and Chelsea Green. Yeah. Just because I'm 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 more like uh both Mickey James and Cardona are more fresh in memory for me. Um, because of you know uh Cardona's GCW run. And then Mickey James has done great things too. And we have a cameo. Hey, we didn't just get one kid tonight, we got both of them. Hey, um, you want to say hi? You look tired. Yeah, I'll tuck you in. Go, James, some shorts. Cool, man. I'll be right in. My son, how, dude, how great is that? My kid comes to tell me it's bedtime. Like, Aww. he's like, hey, man, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> like, cool. Bye. That's a good, that's a good kid right there. Yeah, man. Um, I'm always ready for bed. <laughs> no, that makes that makes tag match. That makes tag match out of this entire card. That one's got my eyes the most, just because I'm I, it, they're fresher in memory for me. Yeah, and don't forget that Chelsea really swerved the fans. You know when she claimed that she had rebroken that wrist again, and then when this whole thing took off, she took that off, and man, I, my eyes lit up, and I was like, oh, crap. like when when um Kevin Nash. Got up from the wheelchair with that broken yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like that. Just like that. So, fans, there is a lot going on this weekend for WrestleMania weekend. Obviously, Friday, we have all that stuff. There, there's autograph signings at WrestleCon all over the place. Go see Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon, thanks to Perched on the Top Rope. They're at WrestleCon right now. Kyle, this has been... A blast as always. We love having you on, you know, and thanks for coming on last minute. I appreciate it. Kyle, take the time to plug everything with Smack Draw, your 10 second reviews, which fans, these are the greatest things. If you, we're trying to review shows that haven't even happened yet and we've gone like two hours, this man can review a show in 10 seconds. Kyle, the floor <laughs> is yours, my man. I appreciate it. I mean, I don't know how welcome you guys really want a guy to come back to your show who talks about pig cum, but if you do want to watch a guy, yeah, if you do want to watch a guy who isn't afraid to talk about subject matter like that, um, yeah, yeah, dude, like everybody else, I got a wrestling show, me and RN, good buddy of mine, we shoot the rewind, uh, we we aim for Sundays at 9pm over on twitch.tv slash smackedraw, that won't be the case this weekend because of WrestleMania. But yeah, most of the weekends you can catch our show there. Uh, Smack Raw itself is a brand that I'm really proud that I've 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 been building slowly. 
uh, in, it's not just about me. The spotlight isn't about me being on air all the time. It's, it's a place for other podcasts to, to host their stuff. So we are like a podcasting channel um, where you can see uh, the Bammer Slammer, which is the show I referenced earlier. Uh, Dave Bama, he's a pastor. He's, he's, he's a better human being than most of the people I know. And sometimes it's hard to, to even have a conversation with the man without feeling guilty about all the sinning I do. But um, the Bammer Slammer is fantastic. We just brought in Will, who does Perch on the Top Rope. Um, he does your throwback stuff, you know, the, 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 the golden age of wrestling. If you like the early 90s, late 80s, that, that era of wrestling, that's where we brought Will in. Uh, fantastic people. You can catch all of our content um, audio-wise if you search for Smack Raw, a pro wrestling podcast. We're on all the major platforms. Uh, currently... Uh, rewind Bammer Slammer that's on YouTube. We'll be on it shortly down the road. And then yes, my stupid little 10 second reviews, which are such a guilty pleasure for me to make and for others to watch. Check those out on YouTube as well. If you're curious on how I do a review in 10 seconds, well, look, man, it's not going to take you that long to find out. Just click on one of the videos. You'll get it. Whether you like it, whether you don't, that's up to you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, letting me come on your show and make a fool out of myself uh, time and time again. Now, Hey, and if you actually fans, you can also go and watch me on Kyle's show with unpopular opinions. That was a very, very unpopular wrestling opinions. That was a very fun show to do. Yeah, man. You like that? Yeah. UWO. Oh, that, that, that should, by the time this, by the time you're listening and watching this, that should be on YouTube. Fantastic show. Probably the best, one of the best shows I've done in the three years I've been podcasting. And I didn't even have to like talk much. It was, it was Will and RN and Savannah. You guys killed it, man. It was a bunch of fun. And I'm going to warn you fans, the fuck word comes out of my mouth every five words. (laughs) FYI. And my apologies, Lee, Alex, we're going to get you on soon, man. We're going to get you on one of these shows as well, man. Hell yeah. down. Yeah. I was Alex... going to say, as you, as you saw tonight, I had plenty of unpopular opinions. And I quote, if I knew Alex was going to be a dick tonight, I wouldn't have came on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the unpopular wrestling opinion show, one of the most fun I've ever had on another podcast. I mean, oh, I like went... That's right up my alley. Dude, I went in, but like I said, the F word was every like fifth word out of my mouth. And I actually went at it with a fan that was like, commenting and stuff like that so i i really got into it and you get to see a whole nother side of me than what you see on here it was really really cool do you mind if i explain the premise of the show oh absolutely by all means go ahead like i said the floor is yours yeah so what uwo is is this is because it's it's a flip on hot takes uh so twitter is obviously known for people having like hot takes or in in the the you know, in the title itself, unpopular wrestling opinions, hence UWO. Um, So what I've done is I cultivate Twitter. I'll find like 15 tweets, right? Uh, And then I read them off one at a time to my guests. In the last case, it was you, Lee. We had um, RN from the Rewind My Show. And then we had Savannah come on from the She Leads Showcase. Uh, Every now and then we'll have like pro wrestlers and other uh, wrestling-esque people but I read the tweets to them one at a time and they just debate. And, but here's the thing though, is in its premise, you come into the show thinking you're just going to dunk on hot takes, 
but then you find the introspective aspect of it. You're like, maybe this person has a good point. Wait, hold on. This actually kind of makes sense as you talk your way through it. And then the whole time it is live. So you have people in the live chat uh, dumping their hot takes. Like you said, Lee, uh, at one part, you were just going at it with a fan in the live chat. Um, it, it is a fun show and it's, it's all very tongue in cheek. It's meant, it's a meant for people to show off their fun side of, of really sticking it to other people. I mean, how many, how many people did I call uh, a piece of shit for their take, but everybody loved it. It was weird. It's kind of like when, um, Logan, not Logan, Paul, uh, Aaron Paul was able to go around after breaking bad and just call everybody bitch for like several years and everybody fucking loved it. You know what I mean? It, It has that appeal to it. So. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fun show. And fans, for those of you listening, um, while we did get heated and hot at times, nobody took any personal attacks on each other. No one verbally degraded anybody. It was, while there were some heated spots, no one took anything personal. And that's what I really liked about being on that show. And on I that wait- episode. Yeah, on that episode. <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, hey, I was a little shocked, but I liked it. I, I really yeah. enjoyed being on. Alex, you'll have a blast on any one of Kyle's shows. I promise you that. And fans, I really want you guys to go and support Kyle in everything involving Smacked Raw, including his other shows with Bama Dave and Botched Shots and Chair Shots. As Smacked Raw and Botched Shots and Chair Shots are also on Chartable in America. I'm very big on supporting those on Chartable as we are on Chartable. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle. It's all perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, we're rounding up on our 10,000th like on Facebook. We have 10,000 followers plus already on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash perched on top rope. If you want to watch those awesome interviews that Alex like plugged earlier, like with Rhett Titus, also like how we've interviewed PCO, Moose, Josh Alexander, Chelsea Green, Rosemary, who are all on the Impact pay-per-view tomorrow night, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find those there. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. If you like hilarious memes and on this day, I'll see clearly, because on this day, I usually post those, the history of pro wrestling, what happened on that day. You can also go to our TikTok. I have to look down because if I look at Alex, I'll laugh. You can go to our (laughs) TikTok where I take the Selena scenes that were made by somebody else in 2017 i put my own twist on them using nothing but historic wrestling moments and if you know the taskmaster kevin sullivan from wcw and you want to watch him get humped by a dog you heard me correctly humped by a dog it is tiktok perched on the top rope ladies and gentlemen you can also find us on twitter at perch top rope and fans Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. Kyle, I want to thank you for coming on. We're out. It was awesome. Thanks. Hey, you guys are ranked number nine in Indonesia. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I uh They love us there. Yeah. Don't tell it, don't know why. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, Kyle. Yeah. I got to tell you something. What's up, bud? 